True Connections is a journey within to discover that you are part of everything. Life can often feel disjointed, but you and I are actually connected to one another, to nature, to animals, and many other ways like your thoughts, intentions, dreams, even your imagination. It's my desire to bring spiritual insight to these true connections so that you can get into the flow of life, receive the things that you want without struggle, and enjoy a more constant level of happiness. I am Weston Jolly, your host. What's your hurry? It seems everyone is in a hurry. I understand this more than most. Why? First, because my personality type is of type A, and everything has to be done quickly. Secondly, I was taught the need for speed. I can probably navigate Disneyland as fast as anyone that you've ever seen. How to enter the park at the best time, when and how to buy tickets quickly, which attraction to go to first, and how to avoid the congestion and wait times almost anywhere. This includes where to have lunch and what, what times. And yes, while the park has long since adopted the fast pass, there are definitely tricks to winding in and out of the attractions in the fastest way possible. Are you impressed? Well, that isn't exactly my intention. But since you're here, you might as well get a little more of my background as I need to tell you this story. Years ago, after speaking in Florida, I decided to take a little time off to visit Disney World. If you're a Disney fan, you must appreciate the huge difference between the two theme parks. Since I don't know Disney World like I do Disneyland, I asked the cashier at the ticket office, what was the busiest ride in the park? She replied courteously with the name of the attraction and how to get there. Since the park had just opened, and yes, this is the best time to start your day since families with kids have a hard time getting their act together at the exact time of opening, I walked as fast as I could to the attraction that later in the day there would be at least a three-hour wait. I breezed by all the signs that you normally see while standing in line while endlessly waiting. I was all grins at all the time I was saving. Then I saw a super large sign right before I was ushered into the ride. The extra large sign displayed the normal warnings, you know, stuff like you have to be over 36 inches in height, weigh at least so many pounds, and that you shouldn't be pregnant or have issues with nauseousness or things like that. The last thing I saw on the sign as I was being buckled into my seat was the word spinning. You should know, I hate spinning rides. Suddenly, all of my excitement to be on Disney World's most exciting and popular ride in 10 minutes from the time I entered the gate fell away at the thought that I might be on something that would be spinning. My mouth went dry. And suddenly, what was to be fun suddenly turned into, what the heck have I got myself into? Six minutes later, I practically crawled from the attraction vowing never to ride that ride again. I walked like a drunken sailor holding onto the guardrails, exiting the building. Then I spotted it, a little patch of green grass. It was a tiny grassy knoll. It looked perfect. I wandered over to the grass and sprawled out like I was at the beach sunbathing. I wanted to soak up all the grounding energy that I could, after having been spun in some weird top-like contraption that spun horizontally as much as it spun vertically. The good news is, I never got sick. But my desire to be in such a hurry 
to ride the most popular ride in the park nearly cost me half the day in my not feeling well. If you have any propensity towards seasickness, then you can understand that this one ride took me to the place right before you heave all over the captain's boat. I sincerely felt ill, all because I was in a hurry. In a hurry to have fun, mind you. This is my point and what we are discussing today. What's your hurry? I can appreciate why you'd never listen to someone like me who once claimed to do everything quickly. But what do you gain by being in a hurry? Instead of addressing that question, let me tell you what you're missing. Everything. No, I'm not kidding. Every moment that you let time dominate you, then you've lost. I'm not here to judge, but I'm here to offer you something that you might be truly missing. Time isn't nearly as real or as important as you think it is. If you've been living your life based upon the clock, then maybe you might be interested in doing something different. Radically different. I want to offer you a glimpse of what life looks like without time. You may think it impossible, but stay open to what you might discover. I want to share with you a great deal about the illusion of time. Time has certainly evolved. In terms of early humanity, I think it's fair to share that men and women of this era barely conceived daylight versus this opposite, nighttime. The four seasons, winter, spring, summer, or fall, weren't at all understood beyond a change in temperature. Can you even imagine a caveman wearing a nice Rolex watch to help him or her determine the time? A watch wasn't of any use any more than the concept of time. Time became important when we, as humans, deemed it as such. I could say this in another way. We learned to value time. This is kind of interesting because we seem to value time in some areas and completely ignore it in others. In essence, we determine those things that we should precisely measure and those things that we don't. You would think that in today's sophistication that we would be able to determine what time actually is. Certainly, you can look at your watch, glance at a clock, or pull out your mobile phone to see what time it is. But what you can't do is tell me what time it was. Logically, you should be able to do this, right? For example, I think it's pretty unlikely that you can tell me what times you ate yesterday. Let's have some fun. I want you to go for it. First, start, how many times did you eat yesterday? One, two, or three times? Did you eat more than three times? What exact times did you eat or drink something? Go ahead. I've got lots of time. If you're taking this seriously, and I hope that you are, because after all, time is real and serious, isn't it? So how many times did you eat or drink something? What was the time? I know, I know, you can't think of how many times you ate, let alone tell me what time you ate the things that you did. Now, how is that possible if time is so important? And how is this so different than your earliest ancestors who didn't eat with a timepiece? Eating is important, isn't it? So, it would seem logical that you should be able to tell me what time you ate yesterday. And for the record, I mean precisely. Imagine orbiting the moon with intent to land. We see time in this equation to be very important, don't we? But can you tell me the time that it landed? Sure, I'll take the date. To really help you out, let me be more specific with the question, and then I'll give you three different multiple choice options for the answers, okay? What was the day Neil Armstrong walked on the moon? A. June 20th, 1969. 
B. June 29, 1960. C. July 17, 1969. D. July 9, 1969. E. None of the above. What's your answer? The answer is none of the above, because the date the eagle landed on the moon was July 20, 1969. But... Neil Armstrong didn't walk on the moon until six hours later. Now that you have that straight, what was the time? Don't think for a minute that's an unfair question. Again, what time did Neil Armstrong walk on the moon? The answer is July 21st, 1969, 2 hours and 56 minutes and 15 seconds UTC. Hey, and by the way, do you know what UTC means? It means coordinated universal time. Well, what the heck does that mean? It means what you think it means. It's a time we've agreed to to use in outer space. Why? Because it's easier. Well, what do I mean that it's easier? Well, the Earth is split into 24 different time zones. This means that to calculate what time Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, for me living in Arizona, that I need to subtract seven hours. Huh, let me see. That would mean Neil walked the moon on July 20th, 1969, which is answer A. But this is only true for me and anyone else living west of Michigan. Naturally, this only accounts for the 48 contiguous states within the USA. If you're not confused enough, well, Arizona doesn't keep daylight savings time. What is daylight savings time? Well, it's a concept that is brought to you by a resident genius that is his picture on every U.S. $100 bill. Yep, that's right. Benjamin Franklin invented daylight savings time in an essay called An Economical Project. Let me save you the trouble of trying to figure out what time it was for those of us in Arizona who don't keep daylight savings time. It was the same time. Okay. 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 Are you starting to see a trend here? Can you see that we, all humans, have created 24 different time zones on Earth? And then can you see how we throw those 24 different clocks away when someone climbs into a spaceship? I'm trying to tell you as politely as I can that all of this time stuff is made up. Now, let's really take the big leap. If time isn't real, then what's the hurry? Where are you going so quickly, so fast? We should incorporate into our discussion that going slowly is just the opposite of going forward rapidly. Going slowly doesn't necessarily make things any better, does it? Me, I can't imagine walking Disneyland slowly. I've done it. And for some reason, it feels like a punishment When I want to go fast and someone tells me to slow down, it doesn't necessarily make the rides any funner. This topic, What's Your Hurry, is really about becoming aware of the illusion of time. So if time isn't real, what is? I think this is a great question and one of which I'd like to channel the response. I think that you'll find the illumination very interesting. Time is a concept which enables you to measure things that you deem valuable. Value, too, is a subjective concept, but nonetheless, it is important that you see it as a concept of measurement. Time, as it relates to life, is a juxtaposition. The idea that you'd measure life based upon time is silly at best. Life is a journey, 
any journey can be documented, but such documentation negates the opportunity to be present. Imagine, if you will, documenting your first kiss with notes while participating. The act of observation interferes with the actual experience. Time, as a measurement tool of life, is such a mishap. To live is to ever be present with what is and what is not being created. The fact is that you are creating everything. If you wish to create your experiences based upon time segments, then you condition yourself to think that life is like watching an episode of a TV sitcom. Each episode is limited in length. This thought is the very one that limits your experiences. From an economic point of view, you still see the world from a state of scarcity. That there are only so many finite resources that command a limited supply or limited demand. This thinking appears as a natural parallel in how you see time. You see time as a limited resource. You see time as limited. For those of you who want to participate in this way, the way of scarcity and limitation, we honor your choices. For those who seek to continue, to remember, you must recall that time is a function of this part of the universe as it has been created. To see time as real is but an earthly creation. We honor your consideration to go beyond time. This too should explain why in so many aspects of our dialoguing and participating with you that time isn't always what you think it is. If you were to consider time as a true perspective, then you must honor that divine time is that which incorporates all in consideration. The more you should open and study this, the more that you will find the flow in participating and creating at large. Divine time, as you have and have reflected it, gives extraordinary consideration to all that is. That is to say, it incorporates things that you can't even imagine. We do not state this to offer offense, only to point out the need that everything is to integrate. As you integrate yourself presently, you will relax your need to go slow or even in a hurry. Both options aren't nearly as important as the choice to be present. This is something that will be talked about increasingly as you're ready to process more in this way. As you see yourself, so you are. This is true for a time. As time dates something, the same is true when you review yourself through the lens of time. To some extent, this is the nature of the design of time, to give certainty or understanding to a particular point of the linear graph of that time. That stated, there is much more you can do absent of time. For example, have you ever considered measuring your productivity outside of time? Why not? Why wouldn't you give up the element of time in creating? Things are not valued because they are made in a minute or if they took thousands of years to be made. Yet, as a whole, you do give special emphasis to those things that are old in nature. This is like saying something that is old is more valuable because of its age. If you see it for what it really is, something that is old becomes valuable when there's a perspective of scarcity. All things will live and they will die. In the organic world in which you live, this means everything. Nothing is absolute and thus it continues to change endlessly. Time as a feature of your livelihood is trivial compared to your being present. Many of you, especially in larger cities, have found time to work against you, both in terms of commuting and the work that you think that you need to perform. Again, do you not see the self-imposed limitations that you offer yourself in allowing all of your time to be consumed? 
There's nothing more incredible than being absent of time. And this happens when you allow yourself to forget the limitations caused by anything that has you accordingly tethered. To be free is to be free. To be free of time is to be without concern for any moment beyond the current one. We use the word minute as an increment of time on purpose. As you see yourself free of any limitations, but especially time, then you will free yourself to be at one with that which is. Since this is your desire and focus point, you must leave time behind as an attribute or a heavy burden to carry. It is true that some of you have always chosen to be in a hurry on the conditioned response that you would gain affection, love, or even compensation for your timeliness. If this suits you, continue your pursuits with time, nagging and pulling at you accordingly. If you are to be and to remain free, you must be present with us so that we can continue to share you the power of being present. In respect of the title of this podcast, What's Your Hurry? Perhaps we could review a couple of the things in conclusion of what we've been talking about. First, hurrying through a theme park doesn't necessarily create a better experience any more than going slowly. This example is perfectly analogous to life as a whole. If you've been in a hurry to be 16, married, with children, divorced, without children, or whatever, then life is a lot like traveling at high speeds watching the mileposts go by. Every milepost that you've passed by is merely another measurement or numerical equivalent of where you are on the linear path. Since time seems to start and stop, it sort of makes sense as a concept that we have employed to make things easier. But as we've already seen, 24 different time zones around the globe and then employing another one as we leave this planet is anything but simple. I put this forth before you in the conclusion of what's the hurry. Time doesn't have to be another self-imposed limitation. If you take apart that which was actually said in the channeling, there's enormous emphasis in your being present. This is why in the next few days there will be a place to go on my website where you can download your free copy of The Magic of Now. The Magic of Now is an in-depth look into the subject of being present. The timing couldn't be any better. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. So check back on westonjolly.com and see your invitation to get this free booklet, again called The Magic of Now. It's fun and filled with further information and details in your desire to be present. In conclusion, time isn't at all real. It is indeed a distraction. To live a full and complete life isn't measured in years. It begins when you appreciate how to be even more connected. This is the point, isn't it? Well, clearly not for everyone, but it is for you. Consider the endless opportunities for you to have fun and live completely without resorting to hurrying. For us to make true connections, we have to engage. I really want to hear your comments, so please leave a review at westonjolly.com forward slash review or go to iTunes and give me your thoughts there. This helps our connection and it's a tremendous help to others too. Everything we do is designed to offer you a deeper spiritual connection within. You can also make a personal appointment with me, Weston Jolly, right now by going to westonjolly.com. Also, check out my current events, books, and other products. Also, my free newsletter. Thank you for joining me, Weston Jolly, for my podcast, True Connections.